This is a podcast from the Business Times. Starting the week, Singapore shares on Tuesday rose in the morning after the Labor Day holiday, mirroring gains in Europe. The SDI rose 0.5% at the open and ended in the green up 0.4% at 3,281.99 points. At the midweek, Singapore shares opened markedly lower, tracking overnight losses on Wall Street and Europe. The SCI started the trading day shedding 0.7% and ended in the red, down 0.6%, to close at 3,262.01 points. And on Thursday, Singapore shares dipped slightly in early trade following confirmation of a 25-basis-point Fed rate hike. The SDI lost 0.1% at the open, but later rose 0.2% to close at 3,269.18 points, tracking the performance in regional markets, which mostly ended flat or higher. It's Friday, May 5th. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements from the Business Times. I'm podcast editor Clarissa Montero. Singapore shares dip slightly at the open as global markets continued reacting to the latest U.S. Federal Reserve rate hike. The SDI slipped 0.1% to 3,267.32 points. Here's Candice Lee, market analyst at SGX Securities, wrapping the week for us. SDI returned flat for the first three sessions of the week while most regional markets ended in the green. Singapore this week announced the upcoming launch of the Singapore Depository Receipts to be traded on the Singapore Exchange, targeted for launch at the end of the month. Depository Receipts are instruments that can help investors gain exposure to an underlying security listed on an overseas exchange. The first batch of Singapore Depository Receipts to be issued will be based on stocks listed on the Stock Exchange of Thailand under the Thailand-Singapore Depository Receipts linkage announced back in 2021. More announcements will be made in the coming weeks. Some reasons why investors invest in the Singapore Depository Receipts. First of all, it allows the investor to gain exposure to global markets via a single marketplace. At the same time, it is also convenient for the investor as trades are conducted during Singapore market hours and denominated in Singapore dollars. Looking back in the market performance this week, outperformers for companies with a market cap of at least 500 million Sing dollars were Delphi, Sencorp Industries and Nanofilm Technologies International, which averaged 8.2% gains, while underperformers were Samudara's shipping line, Propnext and IFAS Corporation, averaging 10.8% declines. Looking back for the entire month of April, the SDI ended April with a 1.3% total return, bringing its total return for the four months ending April to 2.1%. Last month also saw the SDI produce its narrowest percentage trading range since February 2015, which coincided with comparatively less swings in the 10-year US Treasury note yields. Over the week, the Federal Reserve also raised interest rates by a quarter of a percentage as expected by the markets. Markets are now expecting a 92.6% chance of a pause in rate hikes for the upcoming June meeting. Over in Europe, similarly, the European Central Bank also lifted its three key policy interest rates by 25 basis points last night, citing high inflation outlook in line with market expectations. Capital Corporation, Jardin Cycle and Carriage and Capital Land Investment led the SDI in April, averaging 9% total returns, bringing their four-month total returns to 34.3%, 18.5% and 5.4% respectively. Stocks that led the SDI decliners in April included SETS, City Developments and Wilmer International, which averaged 6.2% declines. During April, institutions were net sellers of Singapore stocks, with $261 million of net outflows, 
marking the fifth consecutive month of net insti outflows. This was, however, the least amount of monthly net insti outflows across the five months. By sector for the month of April, highest net outflows were seen across financial services at $337 million, followed by real estate excluding REITs at $38 million. On the other hand, telcos recorded the highest net inflows of $75 million, followed by consumer cyclicals at $50 million. Newsroom correspondent Raphael Lem joins us with his take of the week. Raph, everyone expected a 25 basis point hike, but was it already priced to the market or the biggest driver? Well, Clarissa, macroeconomic teams were a key focus for markets this week, as investors closely watched central bank actions to tame sticky inflation. During the week, the US Federal Reserve hiked interest rates by another 25 basis points on Wednesday, but signaled that it might be pausing soon, in line with market expectations. Investor sentiment, however, remained mixed, as Fed Chair Jerome Powell crushed hopes that rate cuts would be coming soon. The S&P 500 and Nasdaq Composite were both down 1.2% over the past trading week, as caution among investors prevailed, with less certainty over the path of rate cuts and worries over the stability of regional banks resurfaced. During the week, a third US bank collapsed, following the failures of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank in March. First Republic was sold to JP Morgan following a bank run, and the crisis among US banks looks to be something that continues to play out in the coming weeks, as more US lenders are also seeing their share prices under pressure. In Asia, most major indices were trading higher for the week, which saw fewer trading days due to holidays in different markets. Since last Thursday's close, Japan's Nikkei 225 is up 1%, the STI is up 0.4% and the Hang Seng is up 0.2% despite the rate hikes in the US. Oenda market analyst Kelvin Wong noted that the regional markets have seen a more robust performance post-FOMC amid the decline in the US dollar. This would bode well for companies that have their debt denominated in USD. However, Australia's ASX 200 was down 0.6% as the Reserve Bank of Australia surprised markets by hiking interest rates by 25 basis points earlier in the week. In the Singapore market, shares of SETS were the top STI performer over the past four trading days, climbing some 3.2% to $2.62. Other gainers for the week include Yang Zijiang Shipbuilding, City Development and Jardine Madison, which were up between 1.6% and 2.4% for the trading week. Meanwhile, the top loser for the week was Thai Beverage, which slid 2.3%. REITs also underperformed during the week, with such counters making up four of the bottom five STI performers. Capitaland Ascenders REIT, Maple Tree Pan-Asia Commercial Trust, Fraser's Logistics and Commercial Trust, and Maple Tree Industrial Trust were some of the biggest losers this week, with their units slipping between 1.1% and 1.7%. Singapore banks turned in a modest performance, with gains ranging between 0.1% and 0.6% from last Thursday's close. DBS reported earnings during the week, with its net profit rising 43% to a new high, but analysts remain more cautious on its outlook. A number of sell-side analysts cut their target prices for DBS following its results, amid expectations that net interest margins could soon moderate. Still to come, company-focused news and what to note in the Singapore market with Candice Lee. A monthly podcast inspired by the Business Times column, Off the Record, joined the BT Podcasts lineup in April. Conversations in which editors from the newsrooms of SPH Media discuss the modern news industry from their insider's perspective. Hi, I'm Howie Lim, correspondent at The Business Times. In the next episode of Editors Talk, I'll be getting insights into the strategy and thought process that took BT Podcasts from experiment to business unit at The Business Times. 
Are there more transformational changes to come? What is the potential of podcasts in today's digital world? And where does AI fit into the future of BT Podcasts? Information that doesn't just affect me directly, but might give you answers in your business sector's digital transformation journey. BT's podcast editor Clarissa Montero joins us next. Out May 8th. Check in for the latest in editor's talk from the Business Times. And now, back to market focus from the Business Times. Candice, more macroeconomic data came through this week. Help us pass through it all. Of course, Clarissa. Singapore's Purchasing Managers Index dropped 0.2 points to 49.7 last month. This was the second straight month of contraction in overall activity for the manufacturing sector after a brief expansion in February. This echoes the region-wide softening in manufacturing sentiment as external demand remained weak. The April S&P Global Manufacturing PMI surveys for South Korea and Taiwan also remain in contraction territory. According to data from the Singapore Tourism Board, Singapore's visitor arrival in March 2023 reached 1.02 million, the highest since the pandemic. A rich hotel room occupancy rate for March 2023 was at 80%, down from 84% in February, but up 19% year-on-year. Average room rate was also down from February's $278 Sing dollars to $264, but up 39% year-on-year. In line with this, hospitality air streets were among the best-performing REITs over the month. The broader IHS REIT index saw marginal gains of 0.6% in total returns last month. However, by sub-segments within the index, hospitality REITs were the best-performing segment, with average total returns of 6.8%, followed by data centre REITs at 1.2%. Office REITs saw the biggest declines at 10.4% across the same period. All four hospitality trusts were among the top five best performers for the IHS REIT index, averaging 6.8% total returns. Passenger traffic for Changi Airport in March also went up to 4.63 million passengers, which is about 82% of its pre-COVID traffic in March 2019. This marks the first time passenger traffic at Changi crossed 80% of pre-pandemic levels. It also announced that the northern wing of Terminal 2 will reopen in October this year, several months ahead of schedule. This will take Terminal 2's handling capacity to 28 million passengers a year, up from 23 million before the terminal was closed in May 2020 for upgrading. For the first quarter of the year, Changi Airport clocked 13 million passenger movements. It also registered 74,000 aircraft movements for the same period. The top five traffic markets for the quarter comprised Australia, India, Indonesia, Malaysia and Thailand. In the local property market, according to flash figures released by SRX and 99.co, prices of resale housing and development bought HDB flats continued rising in April, up 1.1% month-on-month and 8.4% year-on-year. Meanwhile, resale volumes fell 4.3% month-on-month and 3.7% year-on-year. According to the Business Times interview with Hutton's Asia Chief Executive Mark Eep, there is expectations that the increase in ABSD for Singapore citizens looking to buy a second residential property may be too much for many HDB upgraders to stomach, and hence more will choose to sell and rent while waiting for their new home to be completed. He expects that this increase in flat supply may moderate prices in HDB resale flats. Candice, it's still reporting season. What were some of the highlights? Yep, Clarissa, there are a lot of results announced this week, but let me start with Capital Corporation's news first. So Capital Corp announced that the group will be embarking on a major reorganisation to fast-track transformation into a global alternative real asset manager and operator. 
This follows on from Keppel's Vision 2030, which includes growing its asset management portfolio and a completed divestment of its offshore and marine and logistics business. Moving forward, the group's operations will be reorganised into a simplified, horizontally integrated model comprising a fund management platform, an investment platform and an operating platform. Also, several STI constituents have reported for the latest quarter over the week. UB was first of the three local banks to announce first quarter results last week with a 67% year-on-year increase in net profit. This week, DBS reported a 43% year-on-year gain in net profit to a record $2.6 billion for the quarter. According to DBS, this was due to higher interest rates, sustained business momentum and resilient asset quality. Total income for the quarter grew 34% year-on-year to hit a record $5 billion, while return on equity reached a new high of 18.6%. It also further declared an interim dividend of 42 Singapore cents per share for the period. In terms of performance, the three banks have also marginally outpaced global peers over the past four months, averaging a 0.9% decline in total return compared to the 4% decline for the Dow Jones Large Cap Bank Index and 18% decline for the S&P 500 Select Industry Index. OCBC is scheduled to report on 10th May next week. Maple Tree Logistics Trust reported full-year results this week as well. Amount distributable to unit holders for the full year grew 10.8% year-on-year, while distribution per unit rose 2.5% on an enlarged unit base. DPU would have increased by 4.6% on a like-for-like basis. Overall occupancy rate improved to 97% and the weighted average lease expiry by net letterable area was 3.1 years as at end March. During the year, the trust completed three acquisitions in China, South Korea and Malaysia and incurred total capital expenditure of $206 million. Fraser's Logistics and Commercial Trust reported half-year results with revenue and distributable income down 11.7% and 8% respectively. The year-on-year decreases were mainly due to the absence of contribution from cross-street exchange, which was divested on 31st March last year. And of course, weaker exchange rates for the foreign currencies against the Singapore dollar over the period. However, the trust noted healthy leasing momentum which enabled it to maintain an occupancy rate of 95.9% and a weighted average lease expiry of 4.5 years. Capital Land of Sanders Reed saw its average rental rates go up by 11.1% for leases renewed in the first quarter this year, higher than the 8% reversion rate in the previous quarter. Overall, occupancy rate was at 94.4% as of end March, down 0.2 percentage points from end December 2022, but up 1.8 percentage points compared to a year ago. In the week ahead, more companies are due to provide their quarterly business updates, including OCBC, Land Lease Read and Capital Land Investment. Amid the uncertain macroeconomic conditions worldwide, investors would surely be keeping a close eye on such data to guide their decision-making going forward. This has been Market Focus from the Business Times. I'm Clarissa Montero with Candice Lee, Market Analyst at SGX Securities, and Raphael Lim from the Business Times News Desk. This is a podcast by the Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.